Welcome to the Top Water Podcast. Tonight I'm joined by a special guest who uh, I'd actually just made a few notes about and was kind of planning to rattle off some of his achievements, but actually just looking at them again, I've already got a question, so we might just have to save some of those for later. Cam Fletcher, welcome to the show, but when did you go from young guy behind the stumps at East Coast Bays to veteran professional cricketer? I see 200 plus games of domestic cricket in New Zealand, 10 year career. I'm sort of starting to feel old now. Are you feeling like a veteran these days? Yeah, I wouldn't say veteran. I mean, there's, I guess, a part of you where you feel like you played for a while and then there's the other side where you think, I just, I feel like I just started and I've got so much to learn, so much to improve and, you know, the journey's only just beginning. So I think it's, it's a funny thing when you, when you say that, you say that and you're like, oh, he played for this long and I mean, but at the same time, it just feels like I just started and I just want to keep going. And look, um, it's it's awesome to catch up again. Um, as I mentioned, we played together a long time ago now, and but and I'm sort of especially keen to kind of catch up about what's been a very eventful and impressive twelve months for for you over the last year or so. Um, but firstly, I just want to get your thoughts on something else going on in the cricket world that's pretty much just blown my mind. I'm not sure when we're going to release this episode, but we're recording on a Tuesday, thirteenth of December. Last night, England just sealed a 2-0 series win in Pakistan. Eight wins from their past nine tests now. And you were in, in with the Black Caps over in England, sort of right at ground level, I guess, when this English test revival sort of started. I mean, obviously, potentially not the fondest memories for us as, as New Zealand cricket fans on the field. <laughs> but um, what is going on with this English side? How, how can this turnaround happen so quickly? Can you kind of shed any light on it? Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty special, really. I mean, I guess over time you always you you always think of Test cricket as as the format where you have to knuckle down and play defensively and and try and build a solid score by I guess playing slightly lower risk cricket than than other white ball formats. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I guess it just goes to show if you can create a good culture within your side and. And they've created a culture where they, they tell guys to go out there and be themselves and express their skills. Um, and, you know, that's a high-risk brand of cricket. Um, it seems to be that, you know, Stokes and, and McCullum, you know, encourage their guys to go out there and, and play that play that aggressive brand. But they also say, look, you know, if it doesn't come off, that's okay. And, and we believe in you and we'll give you, you know, we'll give you a number of games to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, they've done an amazing job with it. I think it was probably, at the start, it was probably a bit of a risky thing to do, but they pulled it off, and now they're, they're just continuing with that. And I think it'll be interesting to see, I guess, how other other teams go about approaching it over the next year, couple of years, whether the, you know, the conditions, if certain conditions get harder, whether they're, you know, greener wickets, things, whether that changes anything at all. Um, I guess when we went over there to the UK and they started that brand of cricket, the wickets, the wickets were high quality wickets, mm. um, but it's still English conditions with the Duke ball, and they and they still managed to do that. So yeah, it's a it's a very interesting approach. But I mean, I guess in the modern day, that's what you love to see. Yeah, look, well, I mean, were you guys expecting the style of cricket to be that attacking? I'm sure there was some chat about you know Baz joining the squad and um, you know Stokes coming in and that they were. You know they they were talking good game already before the tour, uh, before the series, but like were you expecting it to be that attacking? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess the first game at Lords, it didn't feel that way as much. Mm. Um, I, I think we it was it was actually a reasonably close game. I think I mean most of them were, and most of them have been quite close games, and they've got over the line in all of them. Um, I think that first game at Lords, there was enough there for both sides. They just you know got more wickets or more of our top order out quickly, which meant that we couldn't quite kick on to get the really big scores that we probably needed in the in the Lords or the Trent Bridge game. Um, but yeah, I think the Trent Bridge game, especially, I just remember, you know, I, I got to be out there a little bit and run around the field, and that was a pretty cool experience in itself. But mm. when you're watching the ball sailing over your head, um, <laughs> ball after ball, it was something I, I think guys just maybe weren't prepared for as much. Mm. Um, and normally in, in situations like that, you know, teams go, look, if we get a couple of big partnerships, we might give it a crack at the end. Um, but otherwise we'll play out for a draw and that's traditionally been the way it's gone whereas they just went look we're going for it and we're going to keep going for it and they did and they pulled off some pretty special stuff yeah I mean does, does that sort of muck with your own mindset as a team because you don't you don't sort of often hear cricketers talk about I don't know controlling the tempo of a game in the same way that you might hear like football players or rugby players or something talk about it but I I mean I even remember in club cricket it's sort of at times you're trying to slow the game down. Is that is that like does it really kind of mess with your head? Because it seems like it almost has with some of the Pakistan series. Yeah, I think it's it's the, it doesn't matter what level you play. I think um, if you get into those situations where the team starts getting a lot of momentum in their favour, it's really hard to know what to do. You talk about it. You have the tactics um, that you would that you would normally implement, and you often have backup plans. Um, but when the team's just going and they got momentum, the batsman's in, they're in that flow, it can be really difficult. Even even your plan B doesn't doesn't necessarily come off all the time. I think New Zealand and the way we've played the game in the last number of years has been incredible. Um, very resilient, and we look to take the game deep, uh, and we've been very good at that. And they almost counterattacked that that approach. And it was hard to, to know what to do within, you know, often you might have a, a, a two-session period where there's a massive partnership, but they would they almost took the game away within an hour, you know, and and that was a very rare thing. But I think with the way that New Zealand cricket's developing and through domestic cricket and into international cricket that, you know, we'll continue to find ways to, to counter that and be better ourselves and try and get ourselves back right up the top and competing in those games again. Um, but at the same time, I think we look at it and we think, you know, it's it's frustrating when you come out on the wrong side. But we were very close. You know, we could have easily we could have easily won the first two games, um, and then it looks a, a lot different. But but we didn't, um, and it's just yeah, just trying to understand that. And it's more I think around how we would approach that situation in the future as opposed to how they play. Oh yeah. And look, uh, that that's a, I've started us off here in England and um, that's probably enough on them. So we'll kind of bounce around a bit in time, but take me back now, I guess, to, to the New Zealand call up. And, and even, I guess, before that, I, I know mentioned before you've been playing first class cricket for a, a reasonable amount of time. Now you've had BJ Watling in front of you as sort of such a fixture in that, in a, you know, stable presence, I guess, in that black caps test lineup. 
Tom Latham's been in the the ODIs and, um, you know, I guess wicket-keeping sort of being, it's a bit like a spinner, right, in that there's only one spot available often in the 11. So if someone's performing really well, it might be, you know, it must be hard to kind of think you're ever going to get a chance to break through. But I suppose on the other side, was there a point, I guess, in the last 12 months, 18 months or so, where you were like, I must be getting pretty close now. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I guess you you grow up and you you play, you go through the levels, and you really want to get those opportunities to play, um, and you know the the dreams always there. But yeah, you're right with with there always being, I guess, one wicket keeper. You you do never know. Um, and I went through a period, especially in my early years, where you know I wanted it so bad, like. Um, and whether that was right or wrong, it's hard to say, but I, I think there was a part of me that maybe I was a bit too tense and I worried about that too much. Mm-hmm. And then I started to, you know, you realize that as, as you, as you get older and, you know, whether you mature or you experience different things in life that, you know, I think you can take a step back and realize that what you're doing is, is awesome. And I'm always been really grateful for that I've been able to do what I do and that if I can continue to train and get better, that at least I'm giving myself the best chance, but I also want to go out there and enjoy playing cricket. And I think that's what I did when I grew up, you know, like you grow up and you enjoy playing cricket. You just, you're doing it with your mates, you know, you, you really enjoy winning games of cricket or winning championships like we did um, at East Coast Bays my last year there, you know, it was some of the best memories just going through, little things like that um and then you but then if you do get too caught up and oh you know i want to i want to play for new zealand that then you don't always express yourself the way you want to when you go out on the field you're too worried about the outcome less worried about the little things that actually lead to the to the outcome um so yeah taking a step back and just like trying to express the way i wanted to play cricket i think helped me and then i almost just kind of forgot about that side of things and then all of a sudden it just started coming together quite quickly um so the biggest challenge i guess is just trying to embrace that and still play that same style of cricket that i want to yeah and well well done there getting a plug-in for for bays winning the championship the um <laughs> but take it take us through that phone call uh you know your, your ringtone must go you look down at your phone you see it's gary stead then, then what kind of happens yeah um <laughs> It's an interesting one at that time. I I wasn't expecting it um, when he called me. So I just I I mean Gary Stead asked me to come down to Canterbury. So so we've got we've got a good relationship there. So you know I don't know is is he just calling me for a yarn? How are you going? Um, just so when when I saw it, I didn't necessarily think about it. But there might have been a little bit in the back of my mind. So I wonder what this is about. Um, and then yeah then. He just said, "Look, yeah, we're gonna pull you into the that South Africa series," uh, and I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> I was, I couldn't believe it at the time." And I, <laughs> I remember just going downstairs um, to my wife, and well, she wasn't my wife at the time; she is now, um, and just going, "You would never, you never believe it." <laughs> and yeah, I think that feeling in that time maybe didn't necessarily sink in to what that to what that meant to me but I think as soon as I you know walked into that changing room and started talking to the guys you just realize that 
they're just good people that are, are good at cricket, you know, and they're just trying to get better and they've got some amazing skills, but they're all just doing the same stuff and they're, self, they're probably really self-sufficient uh, in the way they train and play and understand their own games, but they're all just humans and they they just want to do well. And so it was, it was kind of, it felt, it felt good to walk into a training room with people that make you feel welcome and have the same kind of goals as you. Oh, that, well, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I guess New Zealand, you, you know, I guess you must have played with a bunch of those guys already and, um, you know, you, you're playing against it. We're a small small cricketing nation, I guess, so you, you've kind of hopefully got those connections there already. But, I mean, like, what was it like, I guess, being in that test environment in terms of, you know, you mentioned it, how it was so welcoming things, but are there things that you... I know you haven't quite made your debut yet. Hopefully that'll come soon. But I guess just from being in the environment that you're you're picking up stuff that you know you might not have seen. I guess at the first class level, you know, even just wandering around that long room at Lords or something like that. Yeah, I think you. I mean, from a oh, obviously you haven't played. So from a cricket skill point of view, I haven't been able to test myself at that level. But in terms of I guess the environments you you know you you do feel a difference there's there's more media you know there's there's more going on there's more commitments um so from that point of view there's a lot more to I guess to think about a lot more to try and balance out in your days so yeah I mean say going through lords um you walk in there and there's about bloody 100 bats um sitting out and they say, you know, we want you to sign them. And there's all these, you know, members there. They're just like clapping and, and there's this real presence there. And you're like, well, like I'm actually here. Um, So I guess you get to experience those things um, that obviously you don't get to, you don't get to here. Um, And especially in the UK, there's so much tradition there, whether that's with cricket or just life in general. Um, whereas in New Zealand, from a cricket point of view, you know, we, we probably don't quite get the crowds um, yeah. and, and domestic cricket that, that you get even in county cricket in the UK. So just to be there, the warm-up games themselves, you know, there's so many people there watching and they just love cricket and, mm. you know, so, yeah, all of those little things, are, I guess, bring a, a bit more energy, a bit more, I guess, nerves at times. Um, but also something, just feelings and experiences that I'll never forget, and you know I want to keep, I want to experience again. So, and um, maybe in, can you can you indulge me with a few kind of international cricketer perks stories? Does it when you when you get the call up, does a bag full of black caps kit turn up at your house, or any celebrity interactions in the UK? You talked about some of the, I guess probably more taxing things, but were there any uh, you know really really cool experiences that you got to have? Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, obviously, getting your your kit bag is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that was something you you always see. You know, the the Canterbury guys walk in the in the changing room with those bags, um, and then just to have have the bag as my little initials on the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that was like, well, this this is cool, you know. Um, yeah, I guess in the UK itself, we had some absolutely awesome times um, in and around cricket. We um. We got to go to the New Zealand house in London. Um, so we got to go up there and, I guess, meet a, a lot of Kiwis that are working in, in in England and 
whether that's in business uh, or some other sports, just different backgrounds. Uh, that was a pretty amazing experience. Um, and then we got to, Kane got us into um, Crowded House. Oh, nice. So we got to watch Crowded House um, play over there. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, probably I probably didn't quite have the context for that, but uh, <laughs> a couple of those guys did. That was pretty cool. We had um, a couple of really cool um, people do the cap presentations. I remember the first one was um, Sean Fitzpatrick. He did he presented the caps in one of our um, one of the capping ceremonies, and it was it was pretty inspirational stuff. Really around you know what what the what the All Blacks one meant to him um, when he got that and how hard they fought for that. And it kind of was quite inspiring to look around the room and think, you know, all the pretty much everyone in there had represented New Zealand, um, bar myself and Michael Bracewell, I think. Um, but since then, he's he's experienced that. Um, so, and it, for me, it was like, look, this these are the kind of things that I think it, that those are the things that mean more you know, then saying, you know, you, you want to play the game. Obviously you do. But when, you, when you're in there and you experience that and what it means to wear it and who you're representing, representing your country, it's it's a pretty awesome feeling. And, you know, I'd love to experience that one day. Yeah, awesome, mate. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, like I said, that'll come, that'll come pretty soon. But um, talking about experiences, you've just been to India with the New Zealand A-side. India is a place I've been a few, three or four times, sort of south, north, absolutely love the country, but never been there as a cricketer. I sort of um, saw some footage on social media of the crowds at different events during the tour, signings, all that kind of stuff. Was that your first visit to India? Yeah, it was my first uh, experience of India. Um, obviously, you see a lot of cricket being played there on TV, um, hear a lot of stories of people going there. Uh, but it was my first experience and it was definitely eye-opening in terms of, I guess, the way they played the game, just the country itself. Um, it's completely different culture yeah. to us, although obviously we're a very multicultural country, so we, we get to experience some things. But I guess when you go over there, you realise it's a pretty special country with some amazing traditions and also, you know, people that aren't you know as as lucky as you to to be able to do what you do but people that have that real I guess desire to to watch people play cricket and the like cricketers in India just they mean so much to the people and yeah. I, I guess you don't get to experience that over in New Zealand quite as much um, or just in sport in general or in life I think Kiwis are pretty laid back you know like they don't really you don't really look up to people too much or down on people too much. Um, it's just we're all pretty level-headed in the way we go about life. And over there, they have that real admiration for, for cricket. And it was just something we really tried to embrace and to be able to make, you know, people that came up to you or wanted a signature just, you know, or young kids, just make them, make them feel special in that moment. And that was something like massive crowd screaming. Yeah. I'd never... I never experienced that, and probably won't again unless we go back. So it was it was it was a cool experience. Nice. And um, and how how about on the field? I was trying to find some footage of the games, but you know, sort of only managed to find a few short clips here and there. 
really strong English, Indian side. They've just they've just got an unbelievable amount of depth in their cricket at the moment. I think there was a bit of rain from memory, not you know possibly not the results we wanted again. But I guess what do you what do you learn from from going over there and playing in those conditions? Maybe even from a um, a wicket keeping point of view. I mean, are the, are the pitches just so drastically different to what we get here? Well, I guess that was the, the most interesting part. I guess we we um, spent a lot of time down in Christchurch here. They have the big um, marquee kind of outdoor nets set up that they cover during the winter, and they try to create conditions that you know are spinner friendly, which is what you always hear when you go to subcontinent. Is you know you're just gonna you got to be very good in your defence and be good in your attacking scoring options. Otherwise, you just get out. Um, so we practiced and practiced and we were working on our sweep shots and trying to figure out how we're going to defend and got the spin machine called the Merlin that, um, we, that they used out there. And it just, it turns like nothing you've ever faced <laughs> and you just think, Oh, I've got no chance. Um, but actually once we got there, the wickets were reasonably fair and mm. you know, they, they spun, they spun, but they weren't what. I was expecting, you know, a ball's going to pitch outside and hit my leg stump and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to look like a fool. Um, but it was, the wickets were pretty fair. If anything, it was, um, the wickets weren't, there wasn't a huge amount of bounce. So I think it showed how skillful their seam bowlers are. Mm. Um, so they're not necessarily the, the ones we face, not necessarily the quickest guys other than... Um, Umran Malik, the the young guy that's come in, and he bowls he bowls pretty quick. <laughs> um, yeah, my 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 hands have um experienced that. Yes, um, but um, but generally speaking, they're very skillful. They just they know where to land the ball. Subtle variations with the fingers. Um, and they some balls will shoot low. You know, they'll get the ball to swing both ways just subtly, and that was where actually realize. Hey, you got to work on different parts of your games and be adaptable, but you also got to back your style of play, um, and that's what probably the first game or two we learnt. I mean, the second game was rained out, but the first game we probably learnt from that. And we had one guy that actually countered the conditions really well, and um, it was it was amazing to watch. But the, you know, the rest of us are trying to figure that out. Hmm. So yeah, that I mean, the conditions the conditions I've seen many times an international cricket that I think they do produce some really spinner wickets, but the ones we played on were pretty fair. Nice. And um, you sort of talked about style of play there, and I, I want to kind of shift over to, um, I, I guess, your batting. and Because um, I, I feel like, um, you know, I guess we, we don't always get to see every part of uh, you guys play at, at first-class level, but I feel like you're, you're batting... I mean, it's no great surprise, but there's obviously developed a, a huge amount in the last 10 years in, in terms of your style. I feel like uh, maybe this is my own theory. Uh, you, you get a lot of credit uh, around the traps when we talk to other provincial players for your work in the weight room. Um, that may as well, may also come as no great surprise. But um, I, I feel like I want to, what I want to know about is is how that sort of translates on the field. Because one of the first times I think I noticed that is... Recently in this T20 World Cup, and I haven't really heard him talk about it, but the way Glenn Phillips batted, because it seems to me like the gym work that he's putting in, which it seems very clear that he's doing a lot of hard work there, but it's having a big impact on the way he bats. It seems like he knows kind of 
he can miss hit the ball for six now. And, and obviously not trying to miss hit the ball, but I guess surely that confidence that comes from being incredibly fit, being incredibly strong, you know, that must be useful out in the middle. Is Am, am, I, am I right here? Is, is that kind of how it works? Yeah, I, I guess from here, my perspective, the, the gym has been a big mental thing for me while I've played. I guess I've always looked at the gym as, you know, no matter what's happening in my life, whether that's when I was studying, whether it's with cricket, you know, whether that's just little parts of life in general, that I could go to the gym and I could improve no matter what. If I put the effort in, you know, I would see improvements in myself and the feelings of, of improving, you know, whether that's one session in isolation or whether that's over a longer period of time, it's always felt uh, some, something that's felt amazing to me. Hmm. Um, so from a mental point of view, that's one, it has given me confidence. You know, I wasn't a big guy growing up. I was, you know, naturally being a keeper, I was quite small. And, and from the batting point of view, it, it's, it's hard to say exactly, but I think from a, being able to uh, going out there feeling confident that if I swing hard that and I get it decent, mm. you know it's going to go going to go a long way. Mm. Um, I, I I do firmly believe that. I think there's a lot of factors when it does come to to cricket that it's not just about being you know big and big and strong. There's like levers, there's your ability to use your wrists and have quick bat speed. So there's, there's different factors that come in, but I do think the gym point of view from both the mental and there is that physical element of you can, you can probably miss hit it and get away with more than, you know, if you're not quite as strong. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I guess for me, yeah, it comes down to a, a lot of it's come down to that mental. I look at Glenn Phillips and he's, he's extremely talented and with everything he does with sports, but he's also extremely strong and he's worked really hard on the gym. And I mean, you can see that in the way, in the way he plays and he's got a fearlessness about the way he plays. It's pretty cool to see. Um, And that's something that I guess in my game, I want to be continue to grow my brand as someone that can, you know, that can take a game away from opposition, Um, whether that's at the end or whether that's coming in in the middle and trying to change the momentum you know, whether that's needing to hit one a six off one ball. Um, and that's something I'm always trying to work on and improve. But I do believe if you looked at my 18, 19-year-old self compared to now, I think one probably might be trying to get it over the 30-meter ring and the other one's <laughs> trying to clear Hagley. So. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you talked about different roles there. You've become, I guess, the finisher for, for Canterbury in recent years, done that job incredibly well in some really, you know, big stakes moments. And is, is that, I guess, a job that you, you know, sought out that you wanted? Or I guess, have you kind of adapted your game to fit that role? And yeah. Yeah, I think... I mean, a lot of the keepers obviously are batting up the top of the order mm. um, around the country, and I think that's obviously currently where the obvious position is for the wicket keeper, where it's you know it's the priorities the batting um, in T Twenty cricket. Mm. Um, but yeah, I see myself different to those guys. Um, a lot of those guys, uh, you know, generally speaking, are 
have bet in the top order and have either added keeping to their you know string of skills or you have been opening batsmen that have done a bit of keeping um but for me it's i've, I've always been a keeper um and i believe that i can do something a bit different and i can be that guy that that can come in and and take a game away from someone very quickly and obviously all those guys can that are currently playing for New Zealand but they're in a different role and I think for me it's like you know if I can continue to do what I do improve on being in that finishing role that you know there's there's not a huge amount of guys that are doing that obviously from a keeping point of view because everyone's betting at the top of the order um, but generally in New Zealand and it's obviously a very challenging role because some days you you know you, you haul out in a long on first ball and you everyone goes what are you doing um, but on another day you you know you hit two boundaries or you know you hit those two sixes that you need and the game changes uh, and that's something I want to continue to be good at and and I think there's a space there when the time's right if I can continue to do it um, yeah so we'll see what happens you, you talked about the I guess the mental side of that just just now how, how does that work because yeah you I mean I even think about Jimmy Neesham and, and the way he's kind of got that role at the moment and it seems like he comes in he's sort of almost held back to come in so that he has almost the least amount of balls to to hit it seems like they don't want to bring him in you know more than four or five overs to bat so exactly like you said he sometimes comes in you know, he has to hit the ball from from ball one, and it means that you're, I guess, you're failing a lot of times. How do you sort of keep yourself thinking that you're in good form when that kind of stuff's happening? I guess it, yeah, it comes down to a number of things. It comes down to your training and now and being able to have the confidence to know that, you know, if like we talked about earlier, if I can half hit it or if I can do half of what I know I'm capable of, that it'll come off. Um, and you know, if, and if you can get, if you can face, if you can do that and you can hit one or you can hit a couple and then you can end up facing 10 or 15 balls, you know, you can be extremely destructive. I think Mm. it's a, it's a, it's a challenge because, you know, as growing up as a batsman, you, you go, look, you get yourself in, um, you know, you get through that first 10, 20 balls and, you know, you'll start to feel good about your innings. And hey, I mean you can't do it at all in T Twenty cricket now, but but at the start of the innings, if you do get yourself in, you know, and you get through the first six overs, or you can probably you have a chance of getting a big score. Um, if you're in an ideal game, if you're batting five or below, you know you're only getting a handful of balls. I think I can't remember the stats, but I think someone who bats like at six or sevens only averages like. 12 balls per innings or 8 to 12 balls per innings or some something interesting like that. So, of course, in some situations, you come out and you get out and everyone goes, well, that was stupid. <laughs> but but if you can, if you can ha- look at a campaign, whether that's a 10-game campaign in the Super Smash, and you, can, and you can have three, you know, or two, three, four really heavy impacting matches you know and you think if everyone in the top six can have two or three heavy impacting matches hmm. that you're probably going to have a pretty good campaign as a team hmm. 
Um, we often look at each person when we look down the order. This is how many got runs this guy got, or this is his average or his strike rate. But if you can look at the amount of impacting matches that that person had, you know, and that team had across the, the campaign, it would probably be quite interesting uh, thing to think about as opposed to just purely, you know, this guy got 300 runs in the in the campaign or mm. he averaged 40 or he striked at 150, whatever it is. We often look at those things, but but it's just a different way to look at it. And when, you, when you're in that number five, six, seven, eight role, you know, you've only got really one job, and that's to either finish the game off or to get the biggest score you can. And that doesn't necessarily mean every game that you have to hit the first ball for six. Um, that might mean if you lost a few wickets that you have to have the adaptability to change um, the way you play. But I think in an ideal situation, you know, your number one thing is to to get yourself into a position where you can take the game away from the opposition. And that's something we're always trying to work on no matter where you bat, but for myself, it's something I'm always trying to work on is, you know, when I come in, you know, I want I want the opposition to know that if they don't get me out, that they're in trouble. Nice, nice. That's a, yeah, it's an interesting, really interesting way to, to look at things. And I, I think you're spot on in terms of, you know, we, I'm, and I'm sure, you know, first class coaches, international coaches, all those, the selectors, all those people are, are looking at, at those impactful performances rather than uh, just the, the raw numbers that, that we sometimes see. And look, I know I, I honestly could keep chatting to you for, for ages and ages, but I know you've got your, your game, uh, your season debut tomorrow for, for Canterbury. A few people might've been wondering where you, where you are. You've had surgery on your finger, I think after injuring it in India, is that right? And, and you're back to full strength now? Yep. Yep. So yeah, unfortunately when I was in India, I just I got a ball on the end um, when I was keeping, and it was initially seen as a, fr- a hairline fracture. Um, so I had a couple of weeks, came back to New Zealand, got another scan, and it was a bit worse than we first thought. Mm. Um, so I required surgery. So I've just been, I guess, rehabbing the last you know couple of months, um, working really hard on some different areas of my game and um, just my life in general and just trying to take a little bit of time. It was obviously, as we've talked about, a really busy, busy winter um, with lots of cricket on. So just tried to take some time to freshen up and I'm really excited to get back out there and, and I guess play with a, an awesome bunch of guys, really strong, really strong side for tomorrow. And um, just like I said, just express my style of play and go out there and have fun. Nice and look. Um, normally, I, I normally on these sort of um, chats around the, the provinces, I sort of tend to uh, hit a bunch of uh, different different topics about uh, the squad. I know I've kept you for a long time. I do have a couple of quick questions around. You mentioned the other guys in, in your squad. Chad Bowes is, is well. Firstly, is that how I pronounce his last name? Because honestly, I've heard commentators say it a few different ways, but. Interestingly enough, I also saw that he was in. Uh, when I was, I often do a little bit of scouting before these chats, and um, I saw that he was in the South African Under Nineteen team that you played at the Under Nineteen World Cup. So it's a, a very small world after all. But uh, I'm I'm keen to hear a little bit about Chad. He went on the New Zealand A tour with you. Some impressive scores to start the season. Every time I do get to see him, seems to just smash it all over the place. What what can you tell us about his game? Yeah, I think 
arguably one of the most gifted players going around. Um, he's if when you watch the guy bat, you know you you just go on his day. You know, there's there's not many better. Mm. Um, and yeah, he he was in that under nineteen World Cup that he kept in the side actually. Mm. Um, and they had a pretty successful campaign, I think. We, we both lost in the semifinals um, and then they went on to annihilate us in the third and fourth playoff um, for a multiple number of reasons. Um, and But yeah, he's, he, he made the move over here to give himself an opportunity to, to play at the highest level and he's been, been chipping away at, um, at doing that. And I think if you, if you, look, at, you look at the way he's played in T20 cricket and one-day cricket and at times in four-day cricket as well, um, especially last season, uh, he, you know, he, he's, he's a class act. Um, and I think if, if we can continue to get the best out of him, you know, that he's got a, a big future ahead. Um, if the opportunity, if the opportunity comes up, he'll, he'll do really well. Nice. And, and um, how about Henry Shipley? I feel like the two of you kind of joined forces with the bat, a few key times in the last couple of seasons. He's obviously got the bowling to add to his toolkit. I, I saw the other day, I swear he bowled a half volley to George Worker the other day that took the edge and then Tom Latham caught it almost over his head. It was it bounced so much. He's got the, the height aspect. Is is he sort of someone, you know, we can expect to see a, a big role, I guess, in the Super Smash again this year for you guys? Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> I think it's another one. I mean, I'm obviously very extremely supportive of my teammates, um, but I have no doubt that he'll be playing for New Zealand at some time, sometime soon, um, whenever that time is. I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure, but I, I can't imagine that'll be too far away with his with the skill set that he has, and mm. if he can continue to stay fit and stay on the park from you know as from his bowling perspective, that I think he'll. I think he'll be someone that's going to really push to in the next, whether that's this year, next year, next couple of years, some opportunities higher up. Um, his bowlings, when you know when he's fit and strong and charging in, he's got an extremely whippy action. Um, he can he can move the ball off a seam and swing it, um, but also he's tall. He gets a lot of bounce, and I think that he. The nature of his whippy action when you're batting with it's in the nets or you see opposition facing him, I, you're not quite sure where it's going, mm. um, and that's not a, an accuracy thing. That's just the just the way he bowls it. It just all happens so quickly, and I think that's how he's had his success. But also from a batting point of view, um, he's you know he's he's had a couple of little niggles from over the last few years, and he's had some time to be able to spend time playing for Canterbury. And and bat heavily, um, and so from an all rounder point of view, I think he's going to play a, a valuable role, f- hugely for us. Um, but you know, I can see him pushing higher honors and doing a really good job there too. Cool. Uh, and look, uh, yeah, like I said, I've I've uh, I've taken up too much of your time, so I'm going to finish with with one last question, and. Um, it, <laughs> Really, all I want to know, when we do these roundups, we often ask uh, the guests about the team they most want to beat. And and everyone says Canterbury. Now, they usually even start laughing as they say it, like there was never any other answer to give. 
you've played cricket in Auckland and ND, now down there. So I feel like you've got some level of, uh, you know, sense of uh, the different provinces. What is it about red and black, the red and black that everyone seems to seems to dislike? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure whether that's just a, a traditional thing, um, but I, I think, especially in the long format of cricket, we probably play, well, a lot of our guys would probably play a reasonably aggressive brand in the, in the field. Um, we do actually have quite a quiet bunch of guys, um, but at times we have, you know, some guys that bring some good energy. <laughs> is a easy way to say it at, at certain times. And I think a lot of the guys in our team would probably say, you know, cause we're successful. Um, and we've done really well in, in red ball cricket, especially um, we've played some really good white ball cricket the last few years without quite being able to get over the line in the T twenties. Um, but I think we have an attitude where, you know, we, we want to do well and we want to win. Um, so, you know, sometimes that can that can come across as um, quite a aggressive style of cricket. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when you're on the outside looking in, you can always, in any sports, I think, when you look at an opposition, you can go, oh, you know, that guy or, or this team or whatever. But when you're in the environment, I think you realise that every team have, you know, a couple of guys that, that bring a bit of excessive fizz, a couple of guys that bring the team together. But generally speaking, you always, whenever you're in team sport, you can always have a beer with your mates. You can go out for a feed, you catch up for coffees, you get along really well. And I think our team is, is no different. Um, but I, I, I do see at times how opposition can, can feel that way. <laughs> very, uh, very controlled answer there, Cam. And, <laughs> It's um, it's it's been awesome to catch up with you, mate. Both both uh, about cricket on here and, and uh, a little bit about life off off air. So yeah, congratulations again from me about uh, the big year that you've had on and and off the field. And and um, yeah, here's some much more success in the season ahead. Eh? So yeah, thanks for joining the show. Oh, thanks heaps for having me, and you know, I hope to catch up with you guys soon.